We are in the nexus, my friend. The number you have called has been discontinued. Let's see. Can I get can I get Espanol uh, numero dos? So you're looking for a number two? <laughs> I'm always always looking for a number two. <laughs> I feel like that should go without saying. And right out of the shoot, are we uh, we resorting <laughs> to potty humor? Right out of the shoot. <laughs> Hello, my friend. Good evening. And how are you this fine November pre-Thanksgiving night? I'm good. I'm about to uh, let tomorrow. I'm going to have a viewing of Trains, Planes, Automobiles, which we reviewed a few years ago. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It was a classic uh-huh. episode of uh, the Nexus. Uh, one of our earliest ones, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Season one, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, was that was not our very first one, though, was it? No, it was not. Uh, our okay. first one was had to do with wrestling, I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, or it could have been Star Wars. I think either one of those might have been a uh, a reasonable guess. I know as critics had hailed the season one of uh, the Nexus as um, a breakthrough in podcast entertainment. Yes, I, I do feel like they said something about a uh, breath of fresh air in a wasteland of uh, of tripe and codfish. I believe something <laughs> to that effect. I, I thought it was tripe and gruel. Perhaps that was it. Perhaps Imitation was it. brand gruel. Uh, yes, or was it curds and whey? Yeah, I, I don't think people talk enough about curds and whey and why in the world it was that Little Miss Muffet was eating such a thing. I don't know, but I know that three out of four orphans can't tell the difference between gruel and imitation gruel. So that's a good that's a good good point. Um, that reminds me of a I remember from uh, an episode of Friends uh, made by the late Matthew Perry. Uh, about uh, that the good news was that the fifth dentist had finally caved and now they were all recommending <laughs> Trident. <laughs> uh, so anyway, anyway, so I feel like before we get underway with our topic for tonight, we need to discuss your recent travels because I'm a little bit upset that you would even consider going to a place like Houston, Texas, well, uh, which, oh, is, the... <laughs> which is home of, of the once. Uh, so, so just so many strikes against that city. Number one, where are the Oilers? Uh, I feel like we've discussed that already uh, on, on a previous episode I... is that, you know, why, why, why are the Oilers not there? Uh, right. So you why, like, would, why would you move a team from the fourth largest market mm-hmm. uh, in the country to Nashville, Tennessee? Exactly. And then try to reestablish a team in that fourth largest market and not call them the Oilers. Right. That well, you know, it goes back to the the Titans own the Oilers history and colors. Like so when the Browns moved, mm-hmm. uh Cleveland retained the name Browns and Colors. When the Thrashers mm-hmm. moved from Atlanta to Winnipeg, if Atlanta ever gets an NHL team, they can restart the the Thrashers. Mm-hmm. The Hornets had to purchase the name Hornets from mm-hmm. the Benson family that owns the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. And so when Correct. Michael Jordan purchased the Hornets, the Pelicans got rebranded, and the Hornets' name went back to Charlotte. Thank God, because the Charlotte Bobcats is one of the worst names of all time. Agreed. Um, <laughs> no. I think we've also established that the worst name of all time is the Utah Jazz. That is the worst name of all time. Yeah, that uh, I, I feel sense. I feel quite confident. But uh, aside from that, though, okay. So I want you to I want everybody I want all of our listeners to understand this. You know, Houston Oilers. I mean, it, that strikes fear in my heart just thinking about it. Just just the name, the Houston Texans is the equivalent. Now I want you to picture this with me, okay? Let's say so you know you know that uh, I'm, I'm broadcasting uh, in, in, in Kershaw, South Carolina, which is about an, an hour north of Columbia, South Carolina. So let's say that for some reason, the NFL decides to award 
Columbia, South Carolina, an NFL franchise. And they decide this would be the equivalent that they are going to call themselves the Columbia Carolinians. <laughs> that is what the Houston Texans is. The Columbia the, Carolinians. The New Orleans Louisianans. Or the, yes, or, or the... Uh, Wouldn't it be the, the Columbia Des- Land... The, the... the Des Moines Iowans. The Columbia Sandlappers. How do you? Which I mean, that see, but that's acceptable because that's 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 a mascot. That is a, but a Texan. That's just the what you call the residents of your state. So How you're terrible. not a fan of the Montreal Canadiens either. No, that's a silly name. That's a silly name. It's like being the um, New York Americans, right? Right, right. Just it, as silly really, as really calling a team the Washington Commies and making their colors the colors of the Soviet Union. Yes. <laughs> Is, I'm sure somebody has pointed that out before. Through all the billions of dollars of research they had to do, no one, no one no thought one the name for the Commodores would be the Commies, and you picked the uh-huh. colors of the communist yeah. country we opposed. Yeah, that's that is. is it's, you cer- certainly you've heard that from somewhere before. Did you just come up with that? Well, I heard Commies from. Uh, from uh, Tony Kornheiser, and then, but then okay. I was like, I thought about the colors. But yeah, the colors of the Soviet Union. Why is that? That wow. makes no sense. That is exceptional. They should just call and, them the comrades, the Moscow right. comrades. Be done with it. Right. Yes. Whatever. Ha- what happened? <laughs> so, if Moscow got a franchise and they call themselves the Moscow Comrades, and they end up playing. The Washington Commies. Would, I mean, would they just have to go out on the field and shake hands and call it a game? It'd be like Moscow calling like a soccer team the uh, the Patriots. The the, the exactly the the, the, the Minutemen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, very interesting. But so, but the other the other betrayal here of you and your your just impetuosity. How's it Houston for a concert? How's it a betrayal to attend a concert in Houston, which is the largest? Metropolitan area. All apologies to New Orleans, which is not a very large metropolitan area. Uh, it's the largest metropolitan area to where we live. But, I understand that, but it's also it's also the home of the people who ruin the integrity of the game of baseball. I won't get into that. I, I don't care. I don't care if they did it. I don't. It just doesn't bother me. Well, you know that it bothers you, me. You you either can hit a ball or you can't. So you can tell me a fastball is coming. If I can't hit a fastball, plus they won a World Series. Well, how many times have been the World Series since? Two or three more times they won one. So I mean, it's no, not just like one. Just like, just, no, just just one since. I mean, that's just, just one, one more since. than the New York Yankees have won in the last twenty years. Oh, so that's the re- that's the direction you want to take this. So by that rationale, if I if I go out and inject, I don't want to hear any up, whining from the the Yankee fans are the biggest whiners of them all. Oh, okay. Now I think you need to go back and listen to our recent <laughs> podcast uh, that we just did, where we opened up talking about the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, they whine. and their fans. Yeah. So let's let's, we get, let's we, not we get into get, that. We need to get to our topic for tonight. Yeah, I think we did. I think we do. I, just was hoping, I was hoping. I was hoping to extract an apology from you for your, uh, your, you know, not thinking and going uh, to Houston. I like Houston. It's uh, it's not. It's it's huge. It's bigger than Atlanta. It's very intimidating, but it's not a bad place. People are friendly there. And you I'm said not, for, you said fourth largest market. I was thinking it was the third largest market. Is it the fourth? I, think I know New York and L.A., but is it? I thought Houston had surpassed Chicago. I thought it I had surpassed so. it by this point. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. No, I was All growing right. up, it was filled up. It was number four. Let's see here. This still has, well, this has Philadelphia's four. Dallas-Fort Worth is five. Houston is six. Atlanta mm. is seven. What is this? Is this Wikipedia? <laughs> is that? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move then into the topic tonight. Um, uh, as we uh, last, uh, not our last podcast, but two podcasts ago, we uh, we talked about classic video games for a while, 
And uh, I believe tonight we are going to look at, I don't know, would you call it a counterpart or the, the predecessor? The what, I don't even know what you say. We're, we're talking about classic board games. How no, would you describe I, I, I that? Don't think, I wouldn't call it a predecessor. I would just say it's because they're still around and they were around before video games. So just another, uh, another childhood distraction. Okay. Which we feel like we're kind of experts in childhood distractions. Yes, we are. Even, even so, at our age. So a board game would be usually come literally in a box. It would have mm-hmm. a playing surface. Usually it would have dice or a spinner of some kind. Sometimes a little mm-hmm. popping thing. Um, could be cards. Could be cards that you draw. Cards, yep. Cards were in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes an original theme. Sometimes based on a movie or TV show or a game show. Uh, the two most popular brands that I remember are Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there probably were others, but those are the only two that really like jump out at me and come to mind. Yeah, right away when I thought about board games, they came to mind. Um, usually we get board games at birthdays or Christmas. I, I, I never remember just going out to purchase a board game. Uh, like for the... Ex- was, like for the express purpose of, of going out, like, right. like, hey, everybody, get in the car. We're going to get a board game. Exactly. Or... I, I don't recall yeah. that. But I, many birthdays and Christmases are spent, you know, getting these things. Um, mm-hmm. And then we spent lots of time playing them. But I I think one of my favorite things, I'm kind of skipping around on my notes here. Uh, I'm going to go over. So we got them birthdays and Christmases. One of the most exciting parts of going to a toy store, uh, there's Toys R Us when we were growing up. We also had um, we had a brand of a toy store called Lionel Kitty City. I don't know if they had that in South Carolina and Greenville. You may have had. Mm. Did you have like TC, TCG and Y? We had KB toys. Okay, we had that in the mall. KB is always yeah. a little bit more expensive. Um, yeah. But man, I always loved the board game aisle because it was it was one of the bigger aisles. It usually was towards mm-hmm. the front. Like if you were working your way around the store, usually you would go through the board game aisle first. So, so little little fun fact here. Um, there was a period in my life. Uh, it was not long after your departure uh, from from the Rock Hill metropolitan area that I worked at the Toys R Us in Pineville. Really? Um, and the the yeah, this is true. And the board game aisle was the far left aisle. So you would enter the store <clears throat> at the Toys R Us in Pineville. And, you know, you come to you, you come in the front door and there's, you know, the row of cash registers where you check out mm-hmm. to the right was the bicycle uh, assembly pickup area. So if you purchased a bicycle, there were guys on on staff that would assemble the bicycle and have it ready for you to take when you uh, when you were exiting the store and done with your shopping to the left of the cash registers and, you know, and the cash registers kind of span. You walk through the front door and they kind of span the width almost of the entire store. But not quite, because on the right you had the bicycle part. On the left was the video game section, which was, uh, which was you know a a, a a growing concept at that point in time. So this is ninety two, maybe ninety three, and uh, so I think at that point we're looking at maybe the uh, the early editions of Sega Genesis, maybe. Um, and so you go over, and that that area was kind of square shaped. And then you would move into the aisle sections. And the very first aisle just past the just past the video game section was the board game wall. And and I, I'm pretty sure that's what we called it, the board game wall. And it was it ran the length of the store from the front to the back, with the exception of the little area where the video games were. So it was it was tremendous. Tremendous amount of board games. Yeah, I remember uh, the Kitty City. We had you would walk in, and the first, the first aisle, aisle one you would go through was the video game, or sorry, it was the board games. And it was just, it was so colorful, mm-hmm. and there's so many different things. If you like Star Wars, there was a Star Wars board game. If you liked, I mean, almost like any TV show, you could probably find a board game for some sure, board game. Yeah. And mo- most of those, honestly, most of the most of the licensed board games usually were not very good. Right, because they were just an excuse to get the product out there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I can recall, and 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 many of these I I remember looking at and think, oh, we should get. I should. I want this. I should have this. Uh, and recognizing now that that would probably be a big waste of money. But like I remember, like Dukes of Hazard board games. Right. Um. Things like that. You know. Uh, now, sometimes. Magnum, 
Magnum PI board game. Oh, uh, was there a Magnum PI board game? I feel like there was. I'm about to look that up. I may, I may be making that up. I it do remember a Dukes of Hazard board game. I do too. And sometimes they would just come with a really cool piece that you would want. Like I remember I yes. had an ET board game that came with a little ET. I don't I don't know if we ever played it. I remember I had lots of little tokens with it, but it had a little cool ET figure with it. Um, let's see. I think let's see. I can't tell. I don't think there's a Magnum PI board game. Yeah, I think you're right, but I am finding that there was a uh, a video game. Yes. That I didn't I was not aware of. Ah, uh, here's the ET board game. The cool little ET figure. Yep, there's all little tokens with it. So anyway, uh, we we usually get them on birthdays and Christmases. I remember uh, on on Christmas Day when we get a board game. One of the things we would do later that day is, you know, you'd open everything up, you'd play with your stuff, and then usually, you know, there's some kind of meal around noontime, at least for us. And then later in the day, my cousin would come over, and uh, we'd find ourselves in the basement playing the latest board game that we got, uh, usually occupying it for several hours. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes there were board games that literally were a, a board game that you would get on a holiday or birthday. You'd play that day and realize, man, that uh, that was really convoluted and took a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> and it would yeah. just kind of sit there on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we played them on holidays. For me, where I grew up, uh, snow days was a big day. You know, we had nothing to do. We really couldn't go anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was... We had video games, but we would go usually go to board games first because that would four of us or three of us could do that at the same time. Right. Uh, right. Long summer afternoons too, um, and they would take a certain amount of time commitment to play these classic board games, like uh, you know, like Monopoly. Sure. Uh, takes a and the game Risk. So uh, they would take often. Sometimes these games would take a long time to just set them up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a monopoly with a bank risk with just like figuring out pieces and positioning. Right. So, uh, let's transition that into this. There's the, there's the classic board games. I, the little, to me, there's little kid board games and big kid board games. Like we all had Candyland and shoots and ladders. Yeah. Which are like, like rite of passage games, which means like you're probably between the ages of four and seven, um, fun games that require no skill whatsoever, simply recognizing numbers and colors. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say Hungry Hippos could be counted as a board game. Of course. Uh, of course. Although played played um, played with marbles instead of just classic pieces you move around. And of course, there's a game of Operation that I don't know that anyone ever played. I can't. I don't know they ever followed the rules or could tell you the rules of Operation. Other than we used to just turn that thing on and try to pull the pieces out. Yes, and I mean, so the rules ostensibly were you were supposed to be able to extract these bones without touching the, you know, making the nose light up. And that if you successfully extracted a bone and there were two types of cards, there were doctor cards and there were specialist cards. And if you drew a doctor card and withdrew a bone, you got a certain amount of money. But if you had a specialist card and withdrew a bone, you got even more money for, for that particular, uh, that particular bone, but you also, uh, one of the things, and I don't, I don't know if, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there was a, so you had the funny bone and the water on the knee and the spare rubber band. Yes. So that was the one I was about to bring up is that most, all the rest of them, you had to remove the rubber band. You had to connect. Okay. So the funny bone, the Adam's apple, the wishbone. And for those of you not sure what we're talking about, uh, in op- operation was a was a board game that was, I think it was electronic. You did have to plug it in. Uh, and it had the body of a person, and it had around ten things you had to take away, like spare ribs, butterflies mm-hmm. in the stomach, bread basket, yeah. water, water on the knee, like the, yeah, the the wrecked the wrecked ankle, uh-huh. ankle bone mm-hmm. connected to the knee bone, writer's mm-hmm. cramp. And if you hit the if you're the metal thing you're using hit the sides, it lit up the red nose. And I think it was just an electrical current. That was what it was all it yeah, was. It simply it was, was, yep. Um I don't even did it even have batteries? I from what I can remember and what I'm looking at, you plugged it in. It had it had a simple cord. 
uh, that was to be plugged in. Huh. And okay. it's still it's a game still available. You can still yeah. get different versions of it. Uh, you know, right. there's even specialized licensed versions of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the I see in the latest version, they actually have the patient as pants on now, as opposed to the naked person. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. That was previously there. So. Okay, the new one has batteries. I think the, I'm pretty sure the one we played with, you had to plug in. Okay. But no, no, okay. I take that back. I don't think you did. I think you're right. It was battery operated. Okay. So, uh, in addition to those that you just mentioned, um, did you ever play a, a game called Hi-Ho Cherio? No. Okay. Um, that was basically a game where you were trying to get... Uh, you had these little small cherries. They were almost like those little rubber BBs um, that you were trying to get the most cherries in okay, your bucket. Okay, I'm looking at that now. What about Barrel Full of Monkeys? I don't know they ever played that as a game. I remember playing with them. Yeah, okay, okay. I know Cherry looks, looks familiar, but I don't recall playing it. And then there are the ones that came in the rectangular stand-up box, such as Cootie and ants in the pants. Yes, those are both good ones. Yes, I always, I was, I was, Cootie. I never really. I, I think with that one, that would be similar to the barrel full of monkeys. It, it was just put them together and whatever. Uh, but I really enjoyed ants in the pants. Well, right, you were you're pushing down the little clips to flick in the bucket, uh-huh. right? Uh huh. To flip them, it's almost, it's almost like a kid's version of quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So. For those of you that don't know what we're talking about, quarters is a drinking game where you try to bounce a quarter. Well, now now into, who's being Howard Stern? And into a a gla- uh, uh, an alcoholic beverage, and whoever makes it in uh, has to uh, or, or has to drink the beverage. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So this uh, game, um, these games could be they could be three D, they could be on a board, but they all would fall within that same. Yes. Board games category. Do you, do you remember the one? If, since we're kind of headed in this direction, I'll try to write the ship here in a minute. The one that I really liked, it it had like a it had a kicker, a football player. You push his head down, he would kick the ball. Yes. And there was also a basketball version, a hockey version yes. of this. Yes. Uh, I, I I we I believe had the 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 kicker and the basketball. I don't think we had the hockey. You know, down south. I feel like That's we had all three of those. Be. But yeah, you'd push down the head and would shoot a puck, shoot a basket. Yep. I remember yep. the I remember the football one because it came with a long fold out field. You put the yes. goal post at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was pretty cool. And he had this enormous head. Yes. Yeah. I, it was called I, Jock I something. I, I, I can't remember what it was called. Um I'll try to remember. There's... Do you do you remember this game too? This was a fun one that we get hours of enjoyment out of. Uh is uh, there's a game called, it was in a box. It was a big, bigger box and it was thicker. Uh, it was the White Shadow Basketball Game. No, I have no recollection of that. And so it would, you would have a scoreboard. It had two baskets at the end. You had to kind of pinch out the, the paper baskets. It had a ping pong ball. And it had holes in, the, in positions and a little, like a lever in each. And if it fell on that lever, you'd pull it back and it would fling the ping pong ball into the basket. Hmm. It's a pretty cool game. I do not it was know. It's based on the White Shadow, the TV show about a white basketball coach um, coaching, I think it was in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, we always like that show. You can. It's a, it was a fun game. Real okay. basketball miniatures, the way uh, a year round sports game. <laughs> uh, it okay. wasn't, wasn't very durable, was part of the problem. It was also, it, it was just, it was marketed before White Shadow was just uh, miniature basketball. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was that was a fun one. So uh so let's go to the big kid classics. Um big kid classics were Monopoly, Risk, Clue, Life, Connect Four, Scrabble. And and one that I really think is worth our time is called Stratego. Did you play Strate- Stratego? I have it sitting in my basement right now. I Stratego is one of the simpler games. So you, I believe you have nine pieces, right? Uh, or not, not nine pieces. You have pieces numbered one through one nine. Through, 
one through nine, as well as a couple of other specialized pieces. Yeah, like there's yeah. a spy in there. There's some bombs. I remember the scout was nine. Yes. And then so you're, it you're... was. It goes. Um, it goes. One is the field marshal. Two is the general. Three is the colonel. Four is the major. Five is the captain. Six is the. We're going to say it like the British say it. The lieutenant. Seven is the sergeant. Eight is the miner who diffuses the bombs, and nine is the scout. Okay. How about that? And that, and that was just a simple board game of move, moving these castle-shaped mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah. Blue against red, usually. Fantastic um, game. Yeah, just it was a total game. It was called Stratego because it was a game of strategy. I remember the board was – it was a grid over like a field. There were a couple water areas. Yep, yep. And basically so, you would – go ahead. Go ahead. You you'd position your flag usually surrounded by bombs, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you try to find it in a place on the board where your opponent would least likely suspect it. But often you would overthink it and then positioning it back in the back right corner. Yes, yes. So can um, anyone defeat the spy? I forget. Yes, anybody could defeat the spy. Okay. But the spy's purpose was to try to find the number one, the field marshal. And if he struck the field marshal, he defeated the field marshal. Okay. And, so, and the miner could defuse a bomb? Right. Correct. Okay. But if the field, so, so if, 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 if my spy and your field marshal were, were, were adjacent to one another and it was your go and you moved your field marshal, you would defeat my spy. But if it was my go, and I moved the spy, so it's whoever. The spy was a, a very valuable piece for just one purpose. Yeah. But if if he ran into anybody else, he was dead. So, I feel like in the commercial, they used to yell, Stratego! <laughs> so um, when I was, so I, 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 you know, that game is old, and, and we played it, you know, as, as kids. When I got to be, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade, they came out with an electronic version of it. Well, I've never played that. And, uh, I mean, it's still a board game. Understand that. But it makes sounds and stuff. Super cool. Super cool. I yeah, don't I, have I, it anymore. But I love the original Stratego. I just, it was just a ton of – it was quick. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just, like, just loving it, uh, looking at this picture of it because the way it comes packaged with – all the blue on the right side, yep. All the red on the other side, and just, you can see the field there with the yes. two bodies of water. Just a just a simple game that you know you could set it up in ten fifteen minutes easy, mm-hmm. and then you could play it for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the phenomenon I was thinking of too. Did you ever notice this? Like, if you if you played a board game and it was going great, mm-hmm. the second time was never as good as the first time. Like the very first time you ever played it? No, like say like you and I were playing Stratego and we have a great match and then we play again. It's never as good as the first one. Without question. Uh, And I don't don't know why that is, but I just always remember that. Um, I'm not really a big Scrabble fan. I don't like spending much time on Scrabble. Connect 4 is a great game. It was. It is a great game. And that one's one that, that, I mean, that's no setup. Right. You know, yeah. You, zero. You, zero setup. You, that is a game though you can play over and over and over. You can play it twenty uh-huh. times in a row. Mm-hmm. And have you ever played like the speed version where you just you just you don't think about it? You just throw in throw in your pieces. Oh yeah, and yeah, absolutely. Then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. I always like that. In fact, too. I hosted a couple of years ago. I was teaching fifth grade. I hosted a I had a chess club, and then most of the kids now play chess, so we changed it to like. Chess and other board games. Well, it really became a Connect Four club. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And that that was a lot of what it was was just Speed Connect Four, which is a lot of fun because sometimes you're playing that fast, you you find out three minutes later that the game had already ended. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, and nobody noticed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, so and here the opposite of that, a really fun game that is not fun to play play back to back is Life. Um, I would say Life usually took between sixty to ninety minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, not a ton of setup. Um, a really fun board, though. Hey, they had 3D dimensions with little mountains, uh-huh. little hills, and right. the great yes. spinner in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just a fun. You know, you, you could choose different paths to go on. You had got married, you got kids, 
And basically, the only thing about life I didn't like, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. You got paid aid, so you're constantly getting money. Um, at the end, the math became very complicated. <laughs> yes, uh, it did. And th thank it goodness did. that our friend Greg, who lived across the street, uh, later went on to get his master's at MIT. Could always seemingly figure out this math that we could never. <laughs> yes, we usually required that an actuary play with us. It had all kinds of things with multiplying, and basically, all that mattered was if you finished first, you were going to win. And you had the right insurance. <laughs> Do you remember the insurance like policy certificates? Yes. I love those things. <laughs> I love those things. The life insurance, the the auto insurance, the fire insurance. There was another one. You I don't even think one? you can still – can you still buy fire insurance? The, the, it even had promissory notes, right? Yes. That was, I that think was... most people – I think most people just said, we're not going to play with those. <laughs> that's yes, too complex. That's exactly, yeah, they always were unused and just set aside. Yeah. I, what yeah. I notice is that with kids I've seen play it, like usually kids, even my own kids um, – usually get halfway through the game and just stop because it seemingly takes too long. But back when we were kids, we, that was a great game yeah, for us in the I snow agree. day because it, it would just chew up time. It was, it was enjoyable to play. Um, and Greg, I was talking about my MIT friend, he would uh, also he – would, he was always thinking of ways to improve the game. Uh, and one of those, he would grease the wheel. So you'd spin that uh -huh. thing, it would spin forever. <laughs> yeah. We, we'd take out the cardboard behind it. <laughs> And just fling that thing. Also, Greg was a big uh, – he was always the person we were playing board games with in these days. And he was also very big on everyone understanding the rules, and he was a stickler. So we would often have a reading of the rules uh, to make well, sure fun. everyone understood the expectations. That's fun. And he would enforce them throughout. Um, wow. I, I don't – Clue's fine. I, I don't – I. I remember playing Clue growing up, but but I have much more memories of 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 life and Stratego and and thinking of great moments there. Whereas Clue, um, that did require a bit of setup, and then that can get it can get lengthy. Yeah, trying to figure out who the murder, you know, Colonel Mustard and the Conservatory uh, led pipe. I don't know that I would say Clue had a great deal of setup. I mean, we still play Clue here. I mean, I think you can set up Clue in if, five If minutes. someone asked me to play Clue, I would play it. But uh, maybe I'm not just not remembering. Um, I'll, I'll believe so, I mean, if you say there's not much set up. Basically, I thought so, you had I mean, to shuffle the cards. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really literally takes five minutes. Um, okay. And uh, so I've, I've played Clue. So, so the, you know, the premise behind Clue is that somebody that – and if you and a lot of things we didn't know until we saw the movie, by the way, which was which we love that movie around here. We watch it fairly frequently. I was so um, mad that flames, flames were coming out of flames. Yeah. <laughs> Madeline Kahn's literal, literal flames, flames, the flames. And they were they were shooting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love. Um, but uh, so basically the premise of clues is somebody's dead. It's as it turns out, it's Mr. Body. And communism is just a red herring. Yes. You have to determine whether we have to determine who did it, what weapon they used and which room that they did it in. So you divvy up the cards into the rooms, the, the weapons, the people you pull one of each stuff them in the little card holder thingy. And that's who, that's who your murder, your murder weapon and your location are. And then you deal out the rest of the cards and you spend the rest of the time, you know, making uh, accusations and getting proved wrong. One thing that's that I've had I, because we've played Clue so many times, not just at, in my family currently, but as a kid growing up, multiple times we'd have a situation where somebody would make like their first guess and they would just like shot in the dark, luck of the Irish right. kind of thing, <laughs> get it right. And it'd be like we just set this up and the game was over in, right. in 90 seconds. Um, but that 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 rarely happens. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy Clue. It Clue's a little more simplistic than some of these other games. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, play that with them next time I'm in uh, in Kershaw. I'd like to play Clue with the Whaley family. No, we, that, you would be more than welcome to. Uh, and but then there's Risk. Risk, Risk. My favorite Risk story was we had a neighbor named Simon. 
And uh, I, I, Simon was at least five years older than me. A year older than Greg, the MIT guy. Three years older than my brother. And Simon, one time we're playing Risk. We, we get to work and setting up. And he puts these black gloves. And he, like, cracks his knuckles. And he goes, the conquest of the world shall now begin. <laughs> and I just thought that was – I still think it's hilarious to think of that image. Um, so were you a big fan of Ural? Of Ural? Yes. No, I was more of an Ikertsk guy. <laughs> that always seemed to be where everything hinged. Um, I like uh, I like strategy games. Uh, so Risk is kind of the godfather of those. Um, we play a lot of uh, Settlers of Catan around here. Um, so I think that with Risk, do you remember? I think Risk now actually has game pieces. But but I remember playing it with Roman numerals. Yes, that's correct. You would, and you roll the dice when you'd attack a country. And you know, obviously we 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 latched onto Ural because it's similar sound to urine, of course. So we made Ural. Uh, Ural, like when we played, that was like the key key place that constantly was uh -huh. taken over, then retaken over. Right. Yes. I believe Siam was also in there, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, I think I think that you're right. If I remember my risk geography very well but i always enjoyed risk now you you talk about a game that's hard to set up and and much like monopoly can go on for long periods of time i think of the seinfeld episode obviously oh absolutely uh, we, we had we would have games that would go on for days and of course there's yeah. cheating involved um, right sure sure siam right there yeah um it always did. It seem to uh, always when we played the bulk of the action always occurred between Europe and Asia. Yes, uh, yes. Almost, almost nothing went on over in the Americas during this game. Well, because when you take control of those continents, the the two Americas and Australia, uh, and sometimes Africa even, uh, you can lock those down pretty easily. Yeah. Whereas Europe and Asia have so many different entry points that it's really hard to consolidate those. And that's why they're worth so much. Because, uh, you know, controlling a continent gets you extra armies at the end of your turn or beginning of your turn. I think it's beginning of your turn in risk. Sometimes I confuse my strategy games. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's definitely... Uh, Risk is more of a commitment. If you say, hey, let's sit down and play a game of Clue or Connect Four, or even Life for that matter, you're saying, hey, let's let's take a, a, an hour or two and play this yeah. game. Whereas with Risk or Monopoly, uh, you're saying, hey, we've got an afternoon that we need to uh, we need to kill. So let's let's sit down and do this. Or or it's more of a, hey, what do you say a week from Thursday we play Risk? You know, kind right. of thing. Uh, it, it's it's not a it's risk can't be quite as spontaneous. Yeah, and risk. I remember if we were playing risk, it was if it was on a snow day or a holiday or, or a break. It was something we started at like 10 a.m. Yes, it wasn't it wasn't like a 5 p.m. or 7 p.m. start because you yes. knew you needed the time. But this is where I'm going to transition to. I I don't I don't enjoy Monopoly. I don't either. I, I've never played Monopoly to an endpoint where the game was just over. I feel like Monopoly just goes on forever. Yes. And it takes so long. In fact, there's there's a, a Monopoly game called that was actually a really good one. It was called like Monopoly Empire. Did you ever play that? I've seen it. I've never played it because for me, much much like you just described, I have a little bit of a stigma with Monopoly and so I just I'm not inclined to pursue any of their other products. So in, in, in Monopoly Empire, basically it's it's the same premise, but it, you can complete the game. I, I know one time we played it, the game was over before we got around the board once, and it was actually extremely satisfying. It's updated with current with with current brands, uh -huh. um, and it's just it's a very quick game. I, I don't remember exactly how to do it anymore, but I remember when the boys were younger, we we played that instead of regular Monopoly, and we enjoyed it there. There was community chess cards or chance cards. The board looked similar, but instead of buying properties, you were buying businesses. Hmm. And then if you if you filled out your tower, um, that's how you won the game. 
and it was it was it's a fun it's a fun game. I know it's very vague and uh in my description, but you have literally like a tower that's supposed to be like a skyscraper. It's kind of flat in the board. And as you purchase these businesses, you fill it up, and there are ways you can have hostile takeovers and things like that. Um, but Monopoly Empire is fun, but, but regular Monopoly is just not. My mom always wants to play it, and I, I don't. I don't enjoy it because it never ends. I think she enjoys it because it's a slow-paced game that just takes its time, which I can appreciate that. But for me, uh, I, I, I'm not into it. Um, I do think what what, the, what board games have that video games don't, in my opinion, is or for when we were younger, um, you know, it had them. You could have more players. Um, you couldn't always back when we were growing up. You couldn't if you're playing a video game. You had to play it to the end. You couldn't pause it. Yeah. And you couldn't save an Atari game and come back to it. That makes sense. So um, board games could go on over days. Um, most of the time, no electronics involved. Let me ask you about a game. Um, we're going to get to other favorites here in a minute. Um, well, let's talk about this real quick. The game show Home Editions. Did you ever have mm-hmm. any of those for like uh, Family Feud or Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, we had Family Feud. Uh, that That's the only one I remember us ha- uh, at, at least in that era. We also, I think, had Win, Lose, or Draw later on, but... Well, that, uh, which that is a game really show draw a makes sense while. to play at home, but I don't know if you can remember from the, the 70s and the early 80s that the Family Feud Home Edition was so incredibly complicated. Yes. Because and had... just opening opening up the little slides. Yes. To just was to, a very to difficult load them task. Into this bracket thing that mimicked the board from the TV show. It was, it was virtually impossible to play it. Uh, often we would just pull the questions just to ask them. Yeah. But I know yeah. we also we, – we had the Wheel of Fortune home game, which actually had – it had a similar board, but you would load the clues, and you would – had these little things you would push down, and it, of course it had a wheel. That was a little bit closer. Um, yeah. But usually a home edition was just never – dude, there's a Pac-Man board game too. Do you remember that where you're gobbling up marbles? Gosh, no, I don't. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty cool that? one. I didn't have it. A friend of mine had it, and I remember playing it. Um, mm-hmm. and it was it was a cool looking game. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, it looked like the looked like the mace in the game, but the ghosts and the pack it's different colored Pac-Mans, and you had to gobble up the marbles. So I have two other board games that I'm interested to know if you ever played or have exp- had experience with. Um, Oh, and I see that one of them you actually have on your notes, so I, never mind on that one, but I will ask you about it anyway. So I would like to talk about Dark Tower. <gasps> I love Dark I, I had just, my friend Greg that I mentioned, uh, Greg had Dark Tower. He still has it and still works. Uh, he sent me a I picture had Dark of it today. Tower, and somehow, somewhere, my I guess my dad, you know, you and I have lamented that our dad sometimes would chuck things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that my dad chucked it and mine still worked, uh, cause I had seen it probably 10 years ago at the house and now it's gone and I can't find it and you can't find it anywhere. Right. Seemingly. It's incredibly rare. There, um, um, there was a release of, uh, like it was like dark tower, uh, was it called dark tower revisited or something like that. And that breaks my heart because that was a fantastic game. Oh, Brigands and the Keys? Yes. I absolutely loved that game and would play it. I would love to play that one with my children because I think they would love that so much. Um, and, I don't, and I really I don't remember. Sorry, go ahead. I really miss, uh, you know, because it had not only did it have the tower, which was so cool with all its electronic, you know, uh, all of the scenarios that it played out on it. Yeah. But it had, you know, the little pieces of the ruins and the citadel and yeah, the, the citadel. cathedral and, and all of those things. And, and then your 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 uh, your pawns were like little warriors that that were in various 
almost like the little metallic things that you paint for like Dungeons and Dragons or something so, like that. For those of you who don't know, so Dark Tower had this in the middle of this board game, surrounded by these 3D pieces, it had this tower that was about a foot tall, I'd say. Yeah, I would say so. And, and you would turn the tower towards you, and there was a screen on there, and there were things uh-huh. like you could buy things yes. um, at the bazaar, and you could haggle. Yes. Um, and you would push, like, the, if you're at the tomb or ruin. I remember if there was, like, nothing in the tomb, it would just creak. Yes. If there were be brigands, do 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 do. Yes. And that'd oh. be a number, like, and if you're doing good, it'd be like do 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 do, and the brigand number would go down. But if you were losing, it'd be like Yes. And when you got to like the final sequence, there would be this just this inordinate number of brigands, mm-hmm. and but you at that point had more powerful weaponry that could oh oh it's just such a great game i miss it, it really so much. it was absolutely terrific it was the it was great technology it came out in 81 um i'm glad that greg still has it i would love to play it uh he said he's played it as recently as three years ago so but apparently the the a lot of electronics wore out um because of litigation um like i'm looking at one right now that's six hundred dollars but there was one that came out. I saw like oh, Dark Return to Dark Tower uh, was a game that came out that's very similar to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of has a modern look to it, but still not as cool as the 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 simplicity of the tower. is just outstanding. It really is. It's just literally a dark tower. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's oh gosh, it's so outstanding. We traveled so the to other different. One... You were like in different kingdoms, right? Like one kingdom was yours. Yes, and there were like borderlands or something that kind of divided, and you were you were trying to. I, I, I feel like the object of the game was that if you won on your kingdom, then you ruled all of the land or something like that. Um, so there was another game that I wanted to know that if you had ever heard of, uh, it was called Pit. Pit. Hmm. It was a game that taught you how, I mean, it was, I mean, today I believe it would be considered educational, Um, but it had a bell and you were trying to buy and sell commodities in the stock market. Oh, wow. No. It was, oh, it was a fantastic game. Really a great game. Uh, and, And it took, you know, when I was, we had it from when I was a very young kid. Uh, all the way up until I was probably in in high school, and and so it to mature a little bit to really grasp what it was doing. As, as a little kid, I just thought the bell was cool because it was like one of those bells that sits on a on the desk in yeah, a hotel lobby. Um, but it was a great, great game. Um, I don't know if you can still get it or not, but but uh, but anyway, what other games did you want to talk about? As we are running up on the uh, nearly near, uh, we're over 45 minutes now. Well, just, I, I uh, remember this game. I, uh, there was a game that was called Starfall. And unfortunately, if you Google that now, it just comes out. Um, no, it's not like that. the educational website, right? You, you basically, you had like, you traded rifles, tack boxes and like furs on these cards. It was a game about supply and demand. And we played it in fifth grade, and I played it again. I took some courses at the Citadel. I had a, I had a course at the Citadel, mm-hmm. which was just playing strategic games you could play in a social studies classroom. It was one of the funnest classes I've ever had. Wow. And uh, in, in my one summer semester at the Citadel, I really should have a Citadel t-shirt. Um, man, I, got, I had two great classes there at the Citadel, and it was just a great, a great experience I had there. Um, now... Um, was one of the games was one of the games that y'all played Oregon Trail. We didn't. We did play. We played that in fifth grade in back in eighty two, eighty three. Do you remember a game similar to that called Discovery? I do Which not. was basically the Pilgrims version of of. Um, hmm. But what I remember about Oregon Trail and, and specifically Discovery was like my teacher, Mister Brewer, would make these enormous. Like he would get big pieces of cardboard and he would draw it out to show our progress. 
And I, when you're a kid, you don't think about the amount of time it must taken to have done that. Because I remember for Discovery, it had like all of New England on it. It was divided into equal squares, and you were taking pieces of land and settling it. But um, anyway, hmm. going back to other favorites, we had Hangman, which was, um, I believe, uh, Vincent Price was in the commercial and on the box. Uh, my brother okay. and uh, Greg also they got busted for playing Dirty Word Hangman by my mom. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the game. Sorry, but I don't remember being very interesting. That's the one with the pieces and you slid. Uh, yeah, we we still play that one uh, from time to time. Uh, it's uh, it, that's that's one that doesn't take a lot to set up and uh, it's just kind of good for passing the time. But we don't. We I, I would not say it's one of my favorites, but I do enjoy playing it every now and then. Do you remember Mr. Mouth? That was one of my favorites. Mr. Mouth was like had a, a, a round shaped head. It was yeah. yellow. And uh-huh. it would open and close and you had a you had a hand and you'd press it down and it would flick tokens into its mouth. Yes. That was yes. that was a fun game. Uh, not much not much to it more than that, to be honest with you. A yeah, lot of these well, games that... like that, we would you you wouldn't even uh, you would never even follow the actual game. You would just do the activity. Well, that reminds me a little bit of uh, of Perfection. Do you remember Perfection? Yeah, I like Perfection. Yeah, yeah. So perf- um, Perfection, perfection was a game where you had... stressful. Yeah, you had 30 seconds. Was that it? I don't remember if it was 30 seconds or a minute, but basically to put all of the pieces into the proper Yeah, the, the board would, it was spring-loaded, and mm-hmm. as time went by, I got closer to the top, right? And no, then it, it just... just stayed. It stayed level. But okay. you could hear it ticking. I, I remember um, specifically you had to push it down to start. Yeah, it. you did. Uh huh. And and then it would tick and then it would go. Yes. Yes. I, I liked perfection a lot. It was just different uh-huh. different shapes of things. Uh-huh. Um, there was there was like a deluxe version, right? I believe so. That was even yeah. bigger. Yeah. Right. It had it had like puzzle pieces to it. Maybe so. Yeah. What was that called? Super was, perfection maybe... is what it was called. It was called right. super was perfection. It? Google that right now. I'm pretty sure that each piece had two steps to it. Yeah, that's what it was. We did not have that. We had regular perfection. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And then, but it was, was was I right? Was it super perfection? It, you're right. Which okay. also reminds me of Simon and Super Simon, which is the electronic <laughs> game that light up and you had to follow the pattern. Yes. By pushing the... Which makes me, when, when you say that game, which that makes me think of like the electronic handheld football and baseball games. Yes. Which so, I um, love. Uh, did you have the Jaws board game or the Jaws I did not. game? I did so not. This was this was really cool. So basically, it was a shark. The shark was bluish in color, and and I'm sure there's a board game to go this with this that we never we never actually used the the game. But he was it was a shark, and he had a mouth that would open and close, and the inside uh-huh. there was like a bone, half of a wheel, a lantern. An anchor, a walkie-talkie, um, and you had to like stick this pole in there and pull it out. And if you, uh, there's like a rubber band that held the mouth open, and if you hooked onto that, the shark's mouth would close and the game would be over. Wow. Okay. It, it was fun. I, I remember playing that a lot. Uh, yeah. I remember it had a had a long, tall box too. So it looks like there was also a fish in there, a camera, uh, a boot, the bone. It was just it was just a lot of fun. Interesting. And I remember our shark. I'm looking at this one. This one's gray, but I remember ours being blue. But Jaws was a lot of fun. And then there was there was a game called Payday that I remember that being around, but I can't. Do you remember a game? I was trying to figure out the one that had like a credit card. That was uh, was it Bargain that Hunter. Payday. Oh, it was yeah, Bargain Hunter. Bargain Hunter? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, I remember Payday had the commercial was Lawyer's Dollars. Um, I think it was I think it was Bargain Hunter. And then actually had, so, you know, before we were inserting chips and swiping, you know, they'd have the carbon things and you'd rack the thing across <laughs> your credit card. Yep. I don't know what they called that thing, but I think it was, yeah. Bar- it was Bargain Hunter. So you would yep. literally you would buy something by using a credit card, and it had a thing like you'd see in like any department store you go to, and that yes. was that was kind of a fun thing with that game. 
Yes. In fact, on the and, box, it would um, say, featuring the plastic credit card machine. Yes, and Payday was a calendar. Um, it was like a one-month calendar. And you would move down the, the, uh, down the calendar, trying to get to Payday each time. With Sometimes you would make some money. Sometimes you'd have to pay money out. And you're trying not to go broke between Paydays. Huh. I, don't, I remember that game. But I don't remember, I'm looking at it, but I don't remember ever playing this. Interesting. Yeah. It's almost like Head of the Class. Yeah. Which is also a fun board game, too. Do you remember yes, a game called another... Masterpiece? I do not. Okay, this is a fun game that uh, came out in the late 70s. Or it came out in 70 and was reissued again and updated in 96, but they don't make it anymore. And in Masterpiece, there was 24, um, 24 like classic historical Masterpiece paintings. And there was a card. And you would shuffle these amounts. And no one would know because you would turn them over. And you would clip an amount to one of these Masterpieces, and you'd put them in the middle. And then basically throughout the game, you would travel around the board, and you had opportunities to bid on these Masterpieces. Once you would get a masterpiece, some of them were frauds, but you'd want to get the one that was worth a million dollars. That was the masterpiece. And whoever had the highest total at the end, you added them up, and you'd win the game. But you can, hmm. you, it was fun, just a game of strategy, trying to figure out who had what. And if you had that masterpiece, you know you're probably going to win the game. You yeah. could trade with other players, too. It was, it was a lot of fun. Interesting. I don't, I don't know Great. that one very well enough. Greg had the ability to make board games really, really interesting. Because sometimes that was one of those ones where I think he just literally pulled it out. His older brothers and sisters played with it. And he just, he was making fun. Um, let's see. It's Trivial Pursuit, obviously. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. And all the different versions of, right. of, of Trivial Pursuit. Like even early on, uh, you know, the original came out, and I think within a year of its you know, being on the market, they came out with all-star sports. They came out with silver screen. Baby uh, audition. Yeah. I mean, and, and then, you know, and then that continued to evolve. And I think they, do they still make, I believe they still make trivial pursuits today. Like, I think now they, they do more things like trivial pursuit, Harry Potter edition yeah. and trivial pursuit, star Wars edition and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, those were, those were great games. So we are now at the uh, 57-minute mark. So let's talk uh, about a uh, couple more things real quick, and then we'll... Okay. So we talked about how they evolved into electronic versions. Like, was it Stratego that had an electronic version? Yes, it did. It did. Battleship. Right, the electronic battleship. Yeah, I think about that. Yeah. And, of course, the, uh, the classic, the NFL electronic game that was on the electronic board that you plug in. Yes, where the and, players and would was, never do anything you wanted. Was it? It was kind of. Was it magnetized? Is that? Yes. Kind of how it was. Okay. It had a little yeah. foam football that we get lost in about thirty seconds. You know there are guys that like do that now as like a hobby. Like they meet and play that game. It's like a thing uh, that they play that classic. Well, NFL electronic. What was it? Does it have an official name? Is it this name? Because you wrote NFL electronic game on your notes. Is that the official name? Let's see. It might be. It just I says mean, NFL that... electronic football game. <laughs> and that's what it says on the box? Sorry about that. I had to use the uh, cough button there for a second. Um, yeah, I think it was just called NFL Electronic Football. Maybe NFL Deluxe. I remember our, ours was blue against red, but you could get a version that was Dallas against Pittsburgh. But we never had that one. Wow. It really is called NFL Electric Football Game. But, I mean, it was one of those games where we tried so many times. <clears throat> we tried to make it work to make it do something fun and it would just it would talk about setup i mean each play you had to meticulously set up these figures then you turn the game on they would just vibrate and seemingly just go in uh -huh. random directions 
Right. Yeah. It was it was a cool looking game. Yeah, it was very cool looking. There's no doubt about that. They went all out in the form, uh, maybe not so much in the function. <laughs> so, right. So yeah. And there's even was, like stadium uh, pieces you could hang up on the sides of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. That was good stuff. Um, so uh, last question here I have is, what color forms? Where do we stand on those as a board game? I mean, were they a game? Would we call them a game? No, they were just on a board. I just like I mean, to always... Just... I like to bring up color I forms. I like color forms. It was one of my favorite Simpsons moments where they were breaking into somewhere, and Homer was charged of the chloroform. And like... <laughs> Like, they look over home and they go, those are color forms, you idiot. And he's putting color forms on the security card. <laughs> uh, I always enjoyed color forms. I don't know. So are there, are there something you can still get today? I don't know if you can. They were there. I think they were magnetic. Like no, it was mag- more like, it was more like just vinyl that would stick. Yeah, you just kind of um, you peel off these characters in a scene, like there'd be Mickey Mouse or Barbie, Holly Hobby. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like you can still. It looks like you can still get them. Uh, oh, Star Trek! Yeah, color there's forms. that would be fun. The, oh, Batman! The original sixty-six. The original color forms. Here's. Uh, yeah, they've here's, got. Here's they've a got, Super like, Friends. Options. Super Adventure Set, Super Friends. Oh, good stuff. On is is that on Amazon? Then you, you'd have like a torso, and you'd have to put legs on it or something. Uh, I just googled color forms, and it was there was a Smurf one, <clears throat> Battlestar Galactica, which you said you didn't watch. No, I did not say I didn't watch it. I said I <laughs> I don't have a lot of ex. I, I would not consider myself an expert. In Battlestar Galactica, I know. I know sure who, you, said, you said you hated it. That's what I. That's all I heard. Ooh, I probably had the Smurfs playset. Looks familiar. Anyway, so I digress. So that is our yes. take on classic board games. Agreed. And what Agreed. do you have for us to wrap us up in, the, in terms of the trivia department tonight? Well, tonight. Stephen, we have a a statistical question uh, regarding our dear friend uh, Michael Jack. Uh, and by the way, we should be getting pretty close to his fiftieth wedding anniversary. I'm getting a little concerned that that our our plans are not going to pan out. Uh, so, Michael, when you listen to the podcast, and please note that I said when. Uh, we really need you and or Donna to reach out to us and let us know, you know, your availability in the coming months so that we can appropriately celebrate your life uh, with our massive dinner at Lilford's in, uh, in Rembert, South Carolina. Right. There's a lot of potato salad at stake here. Right. There truly is. There truly is. So, uh, all right. So, Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to we're going to answer. Uh, we're going to ask you this question. Okay, what was the most number of home runs that Michael Jack hit in one season? Forty-two. That is incorrect. Was it forty-eight? It was forty-eight in nineteen eighty. What? What? Forty-eight. What was the least amount of home runs that he hit in one season in which he played at least 100 games? 32. That is incorrect. 20? That is also incorrect. In 1988, he hit in the twilight of his career. Not his last season, but in the twilight of his career, he hit 12 home runs. Yikes. Yeah. So... So I think that is where we will wrap things up for the evening. Uh, Steve went 0 for 2 in the, not that anybody's counting, but uh, he went 0 for 2 in the Michael Jack questioning for the evening. Uh, so, and I know I what you're we'll thinking. Just... We, 
we forgot Yahtzee, but did we? <laughs> I think there are lots of game of chance people out there that would take issue with what you just said. So I don't know what you do with that. You, uh, you, you, there's also a lot of people that are concerned that you, you glossed over, uh, candy land and shoots and ladders a little bit too quickly. <laughs> uh, there, there, there are those that consider those to be serious strategy games and you, you didn't give them their due. So I think, I think my, you've managed my apologies to, to the double purple card. I think, I think you've, uh, I think you've managed to offend a, a good portion of our listeners in the uh, greater St. Paul area and probably uh, probably I've offended the entire town of Houston. So, and possibly Des Moines also. Yes. I mean, but it would be the Des Moines Iowans. That's all I have to say. So anyway. Uh, I suppose it is now time to wrap this wrap this shindig up. Wishing all of our listeners a very happy Thanksgiving 2023. Indeed we are, and we will be back in the Nexus before the fat man descends the chimney. That is true. While other podcasts take a holiday break, not us. That's right. That's right. We will maintain our same level of consistency. <laughs> that is our promise that you. you have come to know and love. Absolutely. So from all of us to all of you, good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. (laughs) And happy Thanksgiving to Derek Herman, wherever you are. Yes. And to Jack McCloskey, the good folks at Lilford's, our friends at, at Bluetooth and the internet and not to the folks at Fancy Feast. For uh, for reasons of access to all of our listeners, I'm not allowed to comment accurately on the status of my feelings of the people at Fancy Feast. So, Well, that and the tremendous gag order that has been imposed upon you uh, by by the those same same people. So, I'm going to try right now. You know what you did? You know you beep at Fancy Feast. Go. That's going to yep. be edited out. Yep, it probably will. That's right. That's right. Okay, my friend. We will see you in the Nexus next time. All right. Good night. Adios.